Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Scrubbed In Podcast. I hope you've all been keeping well. Today we're joined by another amazing guest and we have with us today Dr. Mohsin Gore, who is an aesthetic and cosmetic dentist. You may have seen a few of his super flashy, super cool posts on Instagram and he's a cosmetic aesthetic dentist working in a clinic called Beyond Medispa at Harvey Nicks. How are you bro? It's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much and uh, thank you for such a, a nice int- introduction. Um, humbled by it and uh, <laughs> I'm so glad to finally be speaking to you guys after so long in the planning um, and really excited for the next uh, 45 minutes. No, definitely. Um, <clears throat> for the listeners, just a bit of an insight. We've been in discussions to have this recording for a good few months now. It's just our timetable has been clashing. Um, we finally found some time to record it. So we're super looking forward to it. Um, so give us a bit of background of what you do now, uh, Mohsin, and then we can take it to the very beginning of your journey and we can share that with all our listeners. Okay. Um, so currently at the moment, I am practicing cosmetic dentistry in Clapham uh, during the weekdays and I also do facial aesthetics, which is a big part of, of what I'm doing uh, with my time. And that's at Harvey Nichols in Knightsbridge. Um, I, you know, got into facial aesthetics about two years ago and just found a massive passion for it. And my journey kind of into facial aesthetics started then. Um, but yeah, at the moment, doing both cosmetic dentistry and, and facial aesthetics. Definitely. Sounds good. So you're a dentist by profession. Um, obviously you had to go to yeah. dental school kind of take us all the way back to the beginning of that journey when did you kind of decide you wanted to do dentistry how was that how was dental school so let's kind of share that today so my journey to dentistry was actually quite an interesting one because I'm sure when you speak to a lot of both doctors and dentists and they and you ask them the question they'll say oh I, I kind of had a passion for medicine and or dentistry from a very young age mine mm. actually didn't start like that at all um and when i was actually at school i i always wanted to be a lawyer oh wow okay so growing up um between the ages of about 12 and 14 before you hit gcse's i kind of had my heart set on being a lawyer mm-hmm. um i just found it you know so interesting in terms of I love to debate. I mean, I, I used to always debate with my siblings mm. um, and I used to always think, you know, my points were more valid and I just had that kind of in me. And I thought, yeah, this is what I wanted to do. Um, and then my kind of mindset changed when I hit GCSEs. I went on a lot of work experience, which I really do recommend for, for mm. people um, when they're going through school because what you might think something is, might not actually be the case and i quite i found that quite quickly when i went to to internships and Mm. work experience at law firms it Mm. was a completely different sort of bubble to what i what i thought i knew Mm -hmm. um and it was eye-opening i mean it was just you know your head in paperwork yeah for a Mm. lot of the time and a lot of just admin and reading and and hours that are beyond um family life and I and I kind of didn't have any I mean even when I was doing internships there just no interaction with other people you're just mm-hmm. literally going through documents after documents just creating a case and you actually only ever go anywhere right at the end of everything so I was like actually I'm the type of person that wants to engage with people mm. and so then I started looking at professions that helped me do that and my strong suit was science mm. math things like that so I looked into both medicine and dentistry, and I always had a creative side to me. Mm-hmm. Not saying that medicine isn't creative, because obviously <laughs> I'm sure as medics you know that it, it probably is, but that kind of... So my mum's an artist, oh, wow. my sister's a, an artist as well, and I had a little bit of art in me from that. They kind of instilled it in me growing up. Mm-hmm. And I just found that dentistry really allowed me to apply both my scientific strengths as well as my creative side um so i kind of looked into that in terms of the artistic side of dentistry 
uh, we're not dentists, so do tell us. Tell us. Tell us what it's. What do you mean by the artistic side uh, for all of our listeners? So there's a massive element of art when it comes to both dentistry and actually facial aesthetics. And if anything, facial aesthetics is all about that. I mean, of course, there's a science of, you know, injecting, knowing anatomy, knowing um, risk factors of, you know, certain arteries and so on and so forth. Mm. Um, but when you're sculpting someone's face, lips, jawline, nose, you are actually looking at what you're doing and yeah. you're saying, how can I make things enhanced and more beautiful for the patient and manage mm. their expectations? You know, how can I make that nose look perfectly straight? How can mm. I make that jawline more defined? Mm. So it is an element of sculpting. Um, and the same for dentistry. When I'm doing a smile makeover and I'm, designing a smile for a patient because that's actually what we're doing we're designing a, a new smile for the patient there's so many elements people don't see yeah. um in terms of showing the patient the trial smile discussing with the patient what color are they looking at what shape do they prefer what shape suits their hmm. face and their smile line and doing all these elements discussing with a lab technician back and forth how are we gonna design the smile for this patient to make it unique to them but also fit their face, harmonize it with their face. And so there's a massive artistic element and a creative side to these things. And and even with, like I said, facial aesthetics is massively, mm. you know, every lip isn't the same. Mm. If, I, if, if I was a type of aesthetician that wanted to just give everyone plump lips, it wouldn't look right. Some people, you want a bit more of a subtle result that works with their face. Yeah. Other people, plumper looks better. Um, so you know, always having an eye for these things mm. uh, is really important. And I think that's why I've really kind of enjoyed my career in dentistry and aesthetics, because I've always had that eye and that element of creative artistic mm. flow. Um, and that's partly down to my mom and my, my siblings. In terms of now sort of your college years and when you started to pick dentistry, how you got in, what challenges did you face at that stage? So, again, for me, mine was a little bit different to what you'd normally hear from a typical dental or mm -hmm. medical student in that I found school quite easy. Mm. And GCSEs and A-levels, personally, I thought they were pretty straightforward. You know, you revise the material, you do your coursework, you do everything you need to, and you'll get the grades. Mm. And I got the grades and applying to dental school I thought was going to be pretty straightforward I thought yeah let me apply to, to, to dental school and surely I'll get in I've got all the grades yeah. I know what I'm doing and that's when the reality really kicked in mm. because my GCSEs went amazingly my A levels AS levels went amazingly and I thought okay this is going to be straightforward and then you actually go and do the UK CAT and you do your personal statement and that for me was doable. But then when I applied, I thought I was going to hear back mm. pretty soon saying, you know, oh, you've been successful in getting an interview. Mm -hmm. And initially I got an interview. So I applied to Birmingham, Cardiff, Manchester. No, sorry. Um, I applied to Birmingham, Cardiff, Kings and Queen Mary's. Uh, I wanted to apply to Manchester, but I never never actually did in the end. So four, with medicine and dentistry, you only get four application yeah. slots. So I applied for those four. Mm. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to get the interviews through. And I was confident in my ability. So I got an interview from Birmingham, got an interview from King's, and I got an interview from Bart's. Went to all these interviews, and I was like, wow, this is a completely different world mm. to, you know, senior school and revision and, and work and, and so on like you know there's a different aspect of things and I went to them and I thought okay I, I you know I, I prepared myself and I went and I and I performed and the first letter came through from Birmingham sorry you've been unsuccessful after interview and that really was like disheartening because I was like yeah, oh yeah. I've, I've done everything you know I've, I, I smashed my GCSEs I smashed my AS levels I, I put all my effort into my my uh UCAS application and they've said no to me like it was the first no kind of in my educational yeah. flow and that, that hits you as a shock and I was a bit like what happens next now and when I heard from Birmingham mm. I had 
already had my interviews for Kings and Queen Marys. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I was like, oh no, what if I've done the same thing in those interviews mm-hmm. and and I'm unsuccessful? And literally it was just on my mind. I felt a little bit disheartened. I was like, I've worked so hard for all these years on my education and there's a chance I'll get my grades and not get in anywhere. And funny enough, I got a letter then from Kings. Mm. Sorry, you've been unsuccessful. Oh, wow. Okay. And I was like, wow. So all my eggs now are in Bart's. Mm. And I loved Bart's. You know, I love Queen Mary's. And um, a lot of people don't know this, actually. But I got a letter from Queen Mary's. And again, it said, sorry, you've been unsuccessful. Okay. And I was like, that's it. Cardiff never called me for an interview. Mm. They, they didn't uh, um, call me. So I was like, my dreams of dentistry at the moment, as it stands, mm. isn't happening. And then I had a kind of a conversation with my parents when the final letter came through saying no. And, and I was like, look, what happens now? And they were a bit in shock because they were like, what more could you have done? And I was like, I don't know. Maybe mm. I need to reflect on this, take a gap here and go again. Mm. Mm. And at that point, I said, look, I'm just going to focus on getting my A-levels out of the way. I'm just going to do what I need to do yeah. and let me go from there. And my friends all around me at school were getting their offers for like, you know, LSE, Econ, medics mm-hmm. were getting into Kings, Queen Mary's, and a few of my friends that applied for dentistry got their offers. So I was a bit like, oh, I was a bit disheartened. I was like, oh, all my friends are now moving on to the next stage and I'm going to be, you know, taking a gap here. Um, and I was like, okay, look, just, you know, life is going to be like this. Yeah, It's not always going to go to plan just focus on your work and you know everything kind of happens for a reason and I just focused on my work and I just got a phone call randomly yeah in around about April May time um before I even sat my finals for A-levels and it was from the Queen Mary uh, admissions department Mm -hmm. and they said to me are you still looking for a place for dentistry oh wow I was like well uh, yeah, and I was literally like, "Is this real? Like, is this?" <laughs> I never knew they did that. And I was like, "I was like, yeah, absolutely." Yeah. <laughs> and um, and they were like, "Okay, so we have a place for you, hmm. and we will send you information um, regarding what the offer is based on grades hmm. and so on and so forth. We'll send you an information pack, and you've missed out on the kind of uh, open day." for all our admission students to kind of assess the things. But if you want to come in and we'll show you around. And mm. I was like, look, just, if you're giving me an offer, I'll do the rest myself. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. I was just so happy. I was like, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Just make this a reality kind of yeah, thing. Of course. Ran in, told my parents, mm. they were so excited. Mm. And I kind of just felt like, you know, that element of faith and just being like, you know, if you have a dream, mm. never kind of give up. Although I didn't have to go through the difficulty of, a gap year and mm-hmm. all that it just happened i just said i'm going to focus on my on my my uh, grades mm. and didn't give up on thinking oh let me apply to something else or mm. or other degrees i was just like you know let's take things as it, as it comes and you know there was an element of just good luck there and i got the place and i got the grades mm. and, and and i went to the queen mary's and it was the, the best five years i could dream of mm. at dental school so it was really good and yeah, a lot of people uh, think you know it's it's been straightforward, just yeah, un, you know senior school straight to uni mm. and graduating. Because I'm I am August born. I'm one of the younger ones in the year. Oh, I'm August born as well. Shout out to all the August people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but there was a, a a period when I kind of kept it to myself, and I was like, oh look, I've, I have got that sense of disappointment, and I haven't got into dental school, mm. but. I know how people might feel when they get those letters through and people that do listen to this that are applying, mm. I just want to say that don't be so disheartened by those letters because if it's not going to turn out the way you expected now, it will in future, whatever the path may be, whether it is end up being dentistry or something else, um, it will all work out. You just have to have faith, focus on yourself and also use it to learn. I use those rejection letters as a massive learning curve for me in understanding that the real world is going to have hurdles mm, they aren't it isn't going to always be 10 a stars at gcse yeah. four a's a levels everything's perfect go to dental school and 
everything's easy. And that moves me on to my dental school journey, which was, again, very, very difficult. Mm. Um, and I'll talk to you about that as we go on. But yeah, that was kind of my application yeah. process and how my dental school kind of school journey began. No. And before we move on to the dental school itself, I think it's good you flagged something where it's the vast majority of dental and medical students, they're really top tier students such that they've yeah. done really well in GCSEs, really well in A-levels, secured lots of cool work placements. Um, and like you mentioned, you thought, you know, you there's no way you wouldn't get in, right? And a lot of um, uh, prospective medical students are like that. How can you not? You're top of the class. And then you go onto this journey and you realize that you've now gone from, you know, a shark in a, in a small pond to a small fish in a massive ocean. Exactly. And that mentality exactly that. is hard. And I'm glad that you experienced it and you are someone in a position yeah. that can say, don't get this heart and continue on that journey because it is a shock. And there are, shock, exactly. yeah, and there are exams where you feel like, yeah, like I've smashed and you walk out and a few weeks later you get the results, you know, like what? Um, so it is something that we need to be receptive for. And we need to understand that this does happen. And like you mentioned, just keep going, have faith um, and don't give up. I think what's also powerful is that a lot of our guests like Mohsen have also sort of given us their journey where it's not been what looks from the outside like a smooth sailing journey right to the top and we're like wow he must have done really well from start to finish and it must have been got smooth. offers from every medical exactly he applied for um, yeah we've been yeah exactly we've been hit with loads of message and messages and dms where people have done really well in exams really well in different aspects got all the sort of work experience or messed up their uk care and they, they just lost at that moment and i think like our, our goal at Scrubbed In is to get all the guests on, get into their journeys, get into their heads and spheres and what they've been through to, to reach the position they are in. And I think to allow that connection between our audience and you guys, is it's such a powerful thing. And what you said, it, it, I know that it's going to resonate with some of our audience that have been messaging in as well. Um, thanks for opening up a, a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think another thing as well is just to remember that when I got those rejection letters initially, and I thought my dental school journey was just kind of falling apart, I think it's important to not take it personal. Mm. For me, I thought I'd done everything, I ticked every box. So I thought the only reason that I could have been rejected is because at the interview they didn't like me. Mm. But unfortunately, there is a flawed system when it comes to dental school admission. Mm. And the truth of it is, they also, the interviewers, have a tick box. Mm, yeah. And you're competing, like just like you guys said, you're competing with the best of the best. You know, everyone's performed in their grades and, and, and they've done a good UK CAT and they've done a good UCAS application. Don't take it personal, because I did that for a while. For the first few weeks, I, I, I kind of questioned my character. I was like, well, maybe I'm, I'm not mm. suited to it. Maybe they saw flaws in me, but you know, everybody has those. Absolutely. And I think don't take it personal and have faith that it will work out because i'm hoping i mean going forward that admission processes across dentistry and medicine change mm. because it isn't about the uk cat i think is so flawed it's not mm. about situational judgment and you know shapes and, mm. and numbers tell me about it that was a hard I, test I've, I've never I agreed struggled. with that test i've always been like i'm sure it's just a exactly. way to just just throw a few applications out absolutely i mean you guys are medics with i'm a dentist and you you think we we we're a patient facing yeah yeah profession we're dealing with people communication if anything is the most important yeah and there's so many other aspects of our career that are so much more important that I feel that they could assess during the interview and admission process that they don't. Yeah. And they put it down to a, a time pressured test that you just cannot possibly know if someone is ready um, or not. And I think it's, it's, it's just a flawed process. And I, and I hope going forward, there is things that everyone in the profession can do to change that because yeah. i think there's a lot of people that do get rejected that are unfairly rejected yeah absolutely um and it's 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 just not right it's it's a weird exam isn't it where they expect you at what is it 18 to be able to make decisions like that be working under such a exactly. stressful environment to be doing that when you've exactly. got five to exactly. six years of uni to train you to do that very job mm. um exactly. I, I, exactly I agree with you there i agree definitely so 
you get this letter or you get this call from Queen Mary Bart saying, hey, we want to offer you a place. Um, you're ecstatic. Your family's super happy for you. Fast forward, you sit your exams. You now come into dental school. How was that? So take us through the dental school journey itself. What did you, challenges you faced? What did you so, enjoy? Kind of share that. I think there was a few things that were challenging in my first year and that was so obviously Whitechapel Queen mm. Mary's I came moved out lived out first year and I think when I realized the amount of self um, responsibility you have as a, as a first year uni student in terms of getting yourself up to get to lectures mm. and you're automatic automatically as we mentioned you're you're, you're surrounded by so in my year group was 80 people and that's 80 of what Queen Mary's thought were the best, yeah. right? Yeah. So everyone's up there. And I was just, you know, shocked at when I went to my first lecture, mm. how hardworking some of my colleagues were in my year group versus <laughs> me. And I was like, wow, because I, like I said, I found school quite easy. Yeah. I found A-levels and GCSEs quite easy. And when I came to dental school, I was like, this is something else. Like, <laughs> I'm going to have to step it up because there's people out here that are so much more capable, I thought, than me. And I was like, you know, this is going to be interesting. And it was difficult because, you know, just living away from home and not being, and, and especially in Whitechapel, you know, when I was mm. at uni, which was 10 years ago now, mm. Uh, yeah, eleven years. Probably ago, a very different place. <laughs> uh, very different place, yeah. and I was a bit like, "Is it safe for me yeah. here?" You know? <laughs> yeah. um, but you make friends quite quickly, and you all kind of get through it together. Yeah. I think in first year, I also came in with the, the the slight impression that I'll I'll be okay because I've always managed mm -hmm. to study. Um, when it comes to crunch time and manage to get through exams mm. and I think dental school is not like that and I think you realize that very very quickly mm. you realize you have to step it up you have to mature become more mature very quickly um, and really put in the hours to to get what you can from both your lecturers and your course it's not what you get taught, it's what you put in, yeah. which, which is what you get out. And that is, you know, questions that you'll ask, um, lectures that you'll go over m multiple times. So in my first year, I kind of just took all my lecture notes, organized everything, went to the lectures, listened, and I thought, yeah, this makes sense. It'll be fine as we go along. And I kind of didn't ask what I should have asked mm. when, I sh when I was at the time. And it came to exam time at the end of the year. And I looked through these folders and I was like, okay, none of this stuff makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I struggled. We had six weeks before exams where we could go back home. I went home and I was like, I'm going to do what I always do. And it just wasn't, there's so much more application yeah. in, in dental school. And I was like, I found that very difficult because I hadn't adapted my way of learning to that just yet. I was still in the kind of A-level mode where you're like, okay, just learn it, mm. re-apply re it to your paper, basically mm. regurgitate it on a on A-level a exam and yeah. you'll be fine. Mm. And then you kind of get hit with your first year exam and you're like, there's so much application here. Wow. And there's also so much more content to learn. Yeah. yeah. So, so for so, our, uh, our sort of first year dental students who are listening in, listening in, how would you advise them to prep for their exams next summer that's coming? I would say first year, enjoy yourself, definitely, because it was the best year of my five years at uni. I really enjoyed it, made so many new friends that are still, mm. you know, really close friends of mine. And it's a year to kind of experience the world because I was away from home mm. I kind of learned so many new things I learned how to cook myself I learned how to do so many other new things that you don't do when you're at school because you're at school and you're around your same friends and you know your teachers and so on and so forth this is more like 
lecturers aren't your teachers anymore. Yeah. Lecturers are there to deliver a lecture to you. It's up to you if you want to email them asking them questions. Yeah. Or if you want to stay back and ask them questions. You know, they're not going to chase you. Where the teacher will be like, have you done your homework? Have you done this? Have you done that? Um, lecturers will just come in, deliver the lecture and leave. Mm. So I would say that enjoy your first year, but definitely put more into it. Mm. Ask those questions, you know, spend time looking at lectures after your lecture is done. Don't leave it till the end of the year like I did. Mm. Um, go through it. If you find anything that you're not familiar with or you find a little bit more difficult. And also another thing is don't feel ashamed if other people in your year group get it quicker than you do yeah because mm. i had that element as well. i was like oh if everyone gets it i should get it yeah i'm, I'm as intelligent as all of them so mm. it'll be fine mm. but people work in different ways some people are much better at applying mm. um other people aren't better at memorizing so if you find it difficult just just be open with your lecturers about it and say i'm struggling on understand these bits mm. can you help me out lecturers are there to help um also speak to people in the year above what I found was really helpful actually in my first years. I, I, got, I became friends with a lot of the people in the year, years above me mm. and they really helped. They said, look, focus on learning this stuff because that's what's going to be useful in the coming years. Mm. And that really helps. But I think, yeah, put more into it. Um, I was, I took a bit of a back seat in my first year and actually it led to me failing my first year, mm. first set of exams. Okay. Again, that was a huge shock to me mm. because I'd never failed an exam in my entire life yeah. ever. And to come back, we had five sets of exams in first year uh one of them was called fun med which is basically like a lot of medical stuff mm. uh fun med and fun dent and the the fun dent side of things was loads of like medical terminology pathology all this stuff that i just found boring but yeah. you have to learn yeah and one part of that i came back and i failed and i was like and that was scary for me because i was like i've never failed yeah um ever and to have to also break the news to my parents i failed an exam they were shocked they were like what does that even exist? Yeah. Like, what, what have you done? It's a shock to the system. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I did it, and I, and I just learned. I knew why. Mm. I mean, when I sat that exam, I just knew I was underprepared, Fair. and I knew myself like this is just not going to work. Mm. How I'm used to working, you need to kind of adapt. Mm. And I adapted, and I passed the second time. But a lot of people in my year didn't pass the second time, and they had to leave dental school. Oh, wow. So your journey ended exactly. Your journey ends after year one. And that's scary. Yeah. And we kind of, I got a reality check when I, when I didn't pass and the lecturers were like, you've got one more attempt. You yeah. guys don't pass in six weeks time and that's it. Dentistry isn't for you. And you realize no one's there to hold your hand. You know, you've got to do this yourself. You've got to adapt. And I think adapting is key. And that's in life in general. Mm. You've got to make sure you're resilient, mm. um, there's no time to feel sorry for yourself after failing an exam. It's going to happen. And I realized that quite quickly. Yeah. Like I, for a couple of days, I was a bit down. And then I was like, no, look, I've got six weeks to make this right. Mm. And I've got, I owe it to myself and also everybody that's helped me along this journey to get to dental school, including my parents mm. and everybody else to, to do this. And, you know, you work hard for it and it will pay off. Hard work will pay off. So I definitely say to first years, I mean, I know first year for them now, is going to be completely different to my time because of the pandemic. Mm. Um, but definitely utilize your time well. So mm. enjoy it, but also speak to lecturers, speak to your colleagues, speak to people in the years above, and also reach out to people that are qualified. I'm more than happy to help anyone at dental school, yeah. whatever it may be, Queen Mary's Kings. If there's anything they're struggling on, they can message me, even if it's for reassurance. Yeah. If someone messaged me saying, it does this pathology count for the rest of my career i'm going to say to them listen mm. learn it it's important but the fundamentals of dentistry will come later mm. and i'll reassure them that that's not the career that you're getting into you know some people get worried oh my god am i going to be doing pathology for the rest of my life <laughs> in that dentistry it's not but you know it's nice to have a discussion with someone that is yeah, yeah uh, you know, 10 years down the line and i'm more than happy to do that so i think the use of social media now is really helpful mm. you know instagram there's so many dental accounts just utilizing all these platforms to to learn mm. and everyone will be ha happy to help i'm sure yeah um no definitely and it's yeah. good it's definitely worth speaking to people that have been through the situation that are senior to you a few years ahead because they can give you those gems they can tell you what works what doesn't work they can give you that reassurance exactly. so we do ask all our listeners 
um, to reach out. And like you mentioned, you're more than happy to kind of help these guys out. Um, but yeah, that's good. So we touched on, you know, a few of the difficulties. What moments or what points in dental school do you remember would you say were the highlights um, of your five years there that you'll probably remember till the end of time? The highlight was final year, getting our results, passing everything and just yes. finally mm. being a dentist, you know, being called the dentist and getting that application form to get on the GDC register. Yeah. I think that was the happiest moment. What was even more good was... Um, my year group was a white glove year, so everyone passed. Oh, and wow. just knowing that every single person that's mm. been with you for five years, whether you were close or just, you know, colleagues mm. on the course, mm, yeah. knowing everyone that's been through what you've been through has passed with you, yeah. is just amazing oh, wow. because you don't want anyone to kind of be held back. Yeah. Or So that was really, really nice. And yeah, just that everything you've done pays off at the end and now you're officially a dentist and your career starts. That was a definitely the highest uh, moment. But dental schools, there's got so many great things. Yeah. I mean, being able to see your first patient, mm. I was so excited. I remember, um, you know, the nerves the night before thinking, you know, oh my God, I'm seeing my first patient tomorrow. But it's just amazing to be able to to see your first patient and know this is the journey you're going mm, down and yeah, yeah. treating them, you know, treating, doing your first filling, everything you do in dental school, the first of is always like a, special, a highlight. Yeah. You're like, I just, yeah, it's exactly special moments. Cause you're like, I just did that. Mm. I just did that crown. I just did that filling for someone. Yeah. I just, you know, made something better for them. And that's my feeling. A lot of us have um, patients that stick with us because of the impact we have on them are there any moments or patient cases where what you've done ha really sticks with you whether it's a it's a smile that you've completely changed or pain that you've completely turned around is, is there a case that you can share with us where you thought you know what this is why i chose dentistry there was a case i saw a patient for who um i did a smile makeover so this is post uh, dental school years mm -hmm. and it was really quite a complicated case, but it really bothered her, like to a point where she she had been saving for a long, long time. She came to see me and she said, I've been saving now for about seven years oh, wow. just just to do this. Um, and I've seen you for a long time mm. and I trust you as a dentist. Please tell me what, I'm looking for is something you can do. Mm. And we had an open discussion and I said, you know, you never mentioned it to me before, which was the, the, the funniest thing is I've seen her for so many years and she never mentioned it. I always mentioned it to her saying, mm. you know, there's things we can improve on to kind of improve your smile. And she was like, no, just here for the checkup. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Anyway. And never mentioned it. So I thought, you know, some people are, are, are really happy with how things are and they don't want to change too much. Mm. So, and I said, you never mentioned it. She was like, you know what? I, it took me not only seven years to say, but it took me this long to, to get the courage to do such a big thing. Mm. And I felt really special that she was sharing that with me mm -hmm. because she's definitely kept it to herself for a long time, which is difficult to do. Yeah. And we spoke about everything. And I said, what's bothering her? We planned the whole case from start to finish. And it was a lot of replacement work of old work that was done 40, 50 years prior, mm. where she had previously had bad experiences, which is, again, quite special. When you, when you hear a patient that's had bad experience mm. and then they feel confidence in the profession again because mm. of seeing you, it makes you feel like you're doing the right thing yeah. and you're doing, right, you're doing what's right by people. I think that's really important. And we, yeah, we replaced multiple crowns, fillings, um, did some veneer work and bridge mm. work and at the end of it she was just in tears you know she, mm -hmm. she before i even finished the case in fact when i when i put her in temporaries yeah her she messaged me literally saying i love you to bits mm -hmm. um, my family are so happy and i was like that's so special um thank you and i was like look i'm just honored to have been able to to do this for you and thank you for trusting me because mm -hmm. i think that's one thing for any dentist out there mm -hmm. both undergraduate and postgraduate it's you should always always feel humbled that 
even something as simple as a checkup, a patient trusts you with that. Mm. And that's special. If someone trusts you with their mouth, yeah. whether it's the first time or the fifth time they've seen, seen you, it means that you have gained their trust. And that's something special. And that's something to feel proud about every single day. Mm. Um, Definitely. And yeah, that was a really, really you know, um, special moment in my career just for her because she kind of finally got her dream smile and she's yeah. she's been she's been with me since but yeah it's just really nice yeah and i think the beauty about what dentists can do is they can literally i know it's not it's not a process that happens overnight it does take time kind of working and kind of um doing that smile makeover but at the end of it you can literally transform someone's life like yeah like yeah um and i've always found extraordinary and it's one of those ones you know those like memes where the first thing like people feel super sensitive about is their teeth like mm. even a missing tooth or a yeah. cracked tooth or a misaligned yeah. tooth like people get very anxious they don't you want to talk um so i do think it is a privilege and honor that you guys do get to work on some of the most sensitive parts um or features yeah. of an individual's um body um, and this is just a, a proof of like how big the work you guys do and how important it really is. Because I'm sure after that, her confidence went through the roof, her self-esteem improved, Absolutely. her quality of life improved. So just, you know, that one thing kind of opening up to you, kind of trusting you has probably changed her life Absolutely. for the future, um, which Absolutely. is amazing. I think any, any patient facing profession mm. should always remember mm. you have the ability to change someone's life for the better mm. that's not just dentists mm. you know there are going to be days that are difficult in dentistry mm. there's going to be days when you're frustrated um and life isn't easy but always remember why you did the degree and always remember you to speak to your patients just really understand them mm. um never judge anyone mm. um never chase just the, the good things Never just chase the cosmetic dentistry or the great dentistry that, because mm. something as simple as just a small filling that's been bothering someone for so long because they're in pain. You've done something to improve the quality of their life. Don't take away from that. Mm. Just because it isn't a big smile makeover. Yeah. And even for medicine as well, sometimes just speaking to your patient, yeah, asking them questions, understanding them. They might have seen a hundred doctors in the past and no one's spoken to them in that way. Yeah. You've just changed their life because you've spoken to them like a human being. Definitely. And that's really important. So always remember we're in a position of privilege to be doctors and dentists that have gone through dental school and medical school. And we should always be humbled by what we're able to do. You know, we're, we're professionals, but we should always try and make positive change both for our patients and our profession and that's really important no Absolutely. i definitely agree and kind of moves on to the next part nicely where you kind of do help improve people's confidence do you help them have a better quality of life is at what stage of your career did you then enter aesthetic um, work or how did you eventually end up working in a clinic based in harvey nicks um was that something you wanted to do from the beginning? Was it something you fell into? Um, kind of tell us about that journey because it is interesting. Um, and a lot of people are out there thinking, how do I enter this profession? How do I enter that world? Um, so if you can spend some time talking about that, Mohsin, it would be great. Yeah, absolutely. So I think my journey into facial aesthetics started about three years ago. Hmm. And it stemmed from, again, the artistic side and the creative side to me. And I kind of like thought, I like what's going on here. I like what people can achieve through Botox and filler. And it intrigued me. Mm. And so I, I kind of looked more into it and decided I'm going to get myself onto a course mm. and see how it goes. And I went on a course, really enjoyed it. And I was like, this is exciting. Mm. You know, I felt excited by something new. And I kind of just couldn't wait to go out there and start treating patients and, and you know, doing consultations regarding facial aesthetics. So when something excites you, I think you should always follow that, you know, Definitely. because if your job excites you, it's a great thing to wake up and be like, I want to go and do that today. Mm. Um, and it's a great thing to live by. So 
I did the course and then I did a few other courses um, and kind of got my advanced injecting uh, skills. And then I worked in multiple different places initially, mm. uh, injecting, um, you know, lips, jawlines, cheeks, just general tweak. We like to call it tweakments in, in facial aesthetics. So you're not treating someone, just tweaking something. And I think that's a big thing to live by. You know, you're not trying to change the way someone looks. Mm. You're just trying to enhance it. Um and tweak it slightly um and so yeah my journey then started i worked in a number of places and then um a position at beyond medispine harvey nichols came up mm. um i knew someone who's quite close to me that worked there at the time and they reached out to me and said look you've been injecting how about joining us here mm. so i applied mm. spoke with the owner and then i've been working there for two years now and oh, it's been wow. great you know um it's been a really really good um, do you feel place to... it's like because obviously it is it's in Knightsbridge it's in Harvey Nichols it's like associated with such prestige and glamour and you know a, a certain type of clientele I imagine do you feel that is an added level of pressure um, how do you feel you know kind of working in a place like that is it something you thrive off um, kind of yeah that so exactly you hit the nail on the head mm. I thrive off pressure mm. I'm so much more driven by pressure in a weird way and that's for everything in life I, you know I, when it comes to revision i used to do things last mm. at the end because mm. then i'm like now I've, I've got a timeline i've got to get through this mm. if you tell me i've got six months to do something I'll, i won't do it mm. i won't get around to doing yeah. it I'll, I'll wait for the last month and be like okay, i've got to do everything now mm. so I, I i i thrive off pressure mm. and i love the vibe of um working in a place with of prestige yeah. because it's knowing that you work hard and you can achieve something mm. if you put your mind to it you know that working hard pays off and hard work pays off and yeah. it means you want to work harder and harder and harder Definitely. and harder until you keep climbing the ladder mm. so i think that was something i really um work well with you know knowing i want to take it everything to the next level mm. um and so, yeah, I, I kind of, it's difficult, yeah. There are days when you're like, you see difficult patients, mm. but you, you, you handle it, you manage it, you try and just reflect on it, mm. learn from it and move forward. I think what I do is, as well is, mm. it's actually surprising. A lot of people don't think this, but I take a lot of things personal sometimes. Mm. And I am quite an emotional person in that mm. if someone isn't happy by something mm. or if, if I've had a difficult day, I, I take it, I wear my heart on my sleeve and I take it on the chin and I'm like, oh, that wasn't a great day and, and mm. I kind of just get a bit down by it. But So what do you do in those situations where, like, and I think if we look into it on a, on, a, on a deeper level that it probably has been there since you did apply for dental school for the first time around, how do you deal with the situations when you do feel down, um, when you, you know are overwhelmed? It, the honest truth is I used to always find, I used to always keep it in, mm. I used to bottle it up, not say much about it give it a few days and then i'd get over it but mm. it was the worst way of dealing with things and ever since my i met my other half mm. um she's been through so much in yeah. her life mm. i couldn't even imagine being able to to go through what she's been through mm. and she's always told me whatever you go through mm. you can and you do have the means to get through it mm. and if you think like that that no matter what situation you're in no matter how hard mm. you yourself have the means to get through it mm. and get to the other side nothing will phase you or bring you down mm. it will you'll always push through you'll always see the light at the end of the tunnel and she showed me so much resilience mm. she's taught me so much um you know about perseverance as as have my parents you know my parents came to this country they made a big leap to come here and they've managed to build their life here for mm. us yeah. and they started with nothing and they managed to get through it in mm. a time when it was very difficult for people to you know set up businesses and get professional jobs but they managed and if you live by those examples both like what my parents have been through and my other half and mm. what she's gone through then i just feel like you know what I've had it easy mm. and it's just important to be humble mm. 
be appreciative of the position you're in and be positive. Always stay positive. Because like I said earlier in the podcast, hmm. we're in a position of privilege yeah. to be able to see patients. Not all of them are, are difficult. So hmm. the difficult ones, take them on the chin and just say, you know what? Okay, maybe they've had a bad day yeah, or something like that. So don't let it, don't take it personal. Um, you know, you've done your best. As long as you do your best in whatever you do in life, as long as you do your absolute best and you try your hardest, then you can't knock it because you've done what you could have done to the best of your ability. And that means that if that situation happened again, nothing would change because you do your best again. Definitely. Right? Yeah. So if you do your best, that's all you can do. And then obviously moments where you could do things a little bit differently or you feel like you can improve on it, always continually grow. Speak to people. Don't bottle it up. Always speak to people. Get guidance from other people. Another thing that I've realized throughout my career mm is not everybody is the same. Yeah. So you can learn from so many different people, different ways of handling things, different ways of doing things, different ways of managing things. N nobody has all the answers. So the best way to learn is learn from multiple different people. I agree because... with that. That, that. That's so powerful what you just said there. Being able to, so for example, sitting here, listening to your journey, and every week we do this, listening to someone else's journey, it's so powerful to be able to pick up their strengths, to listen to how they did it. And you're right, the more you connect with people, the more you speak to people, the more you ask for advice, the more powerful you get and the more sort of access and everything else that you get as well. Um, that is Absolutely. so powerful. That is no. so powerful. It, massive. It's really important to learn from each other. I think even in, in our professions, you know, medicine and dentistry, people just, like I said, help one another. Mm. I'm more than happy to help anyone. Definitely going through anything even if they've never met me before never spoken to me feel free to message me how do they get hold I've of never, you Mohsin? I've never I've, I've, pardon how would they get hold of you we'll leave the, the the links below they can they can they can, um, they can message me on Instagram cool. um, and you know if we're having a conversation on Instagram and they want to speak personally I can give them my number we can, we can arrange a call fine I'm more than happy you know I get a lot of people DMing me for advice that know me or know of me through people and I'm more than happy to help. We'll share that. But yeah. networking is key. I mean, we didn't know each other before this podcast mm. and we managed to connect mm. and I'm so glad we've connected, but mm. that's exactly a prime example of just don't be afraid to reach out to people, Yeah, you know, um, and people can reach out to me no matter how small of a question, mm. I'm more than happy to help. I'd rather help because I'd rather mm. share my journey no. with people and say, you know, this is how I did things and, maybe they can learn from it and if it means that they gain knowledge and benefit from it great and i can learn from them mm. you know everyone can learn from everyone and i think that's really important to grow as individuals um so yeah definitely using those platforms um speak to people and i think creating a community creating a community is really important no. in our profession just for everyone to grow definitely and i agree and it's nice that you are someone that wants to help others, particularly the juniors that are coming through the system now. Um, and you're not of the mentality of, you know, a dog eat dog mentality where only you can be successful and no one else can be successful. So I'm really glad um, you are of that mentality. I'm conscious of time and I know you're super busy. Um, just before we wrap up, mm -hmm. we've kind of talked about your past, what you're doing now. What does the future hold for Mohsin? Um, what can people expect to see in the next few years, five, ten years? I don't know if you've planned that far, but it'll be cool to see what you're, um, you're working on. So I have a lot of things in the, in the pipeline. Mm. Um, another, another thing I would say is always to everybody listening. Um, mm. I mean, if you've listened this far, first of all, thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, but have a five-year plan. I have a five-year plan always. Mm. And I've always had a five-year plan from the age of, about 14 I've had a five-year plan and it doesn't mean that it'll always go to plan mm. but if you have a five-year plan you can put a lot more steps in place mm. to um, make things a reality so I had a plan as simple as get through my A-levels get through my GCSEs apply for this and mm. uh, then I had a plan at dental school I'm gonna do this going forward then when I graduate from dental school my five-year plan was you know you adapt your five-year plan but if you have a five-year plan you adapt it along the way yeah but it's really important. Put it down. And I don't mean have it in your mind. Physically write it down. 
physically write it on a piece of paper or create a little PowerPoint or Word document saying, this is my plan for the next five years. Because if you do that, you've suddenly made something in your mind actually tangible. It's, a, mm. it's written down. Yeah. Physically can see it. So you're working towards it. My five-year plan, um, I want to s- start a family. It's, it's always nice. been on my, uh, my list of things to do. So, mm. yeah, I mean, I really want to start a family. Um, I want to set up my own clinic and um i want to teach so that's been a big part and i'm gonna definitely i'm taking the steps in the at the moment to to start helping teach people and i'll be running um some teaching for people i think just sharing knowledge is really really useful for people and then um just a great thing to do so yeah teaching um eventually setting up my own clinic and setting up a family i mean that's my five-year plan for now um, some big plans <laughs> uh, yeah I'm, i mean it's always yeah always always aim high and and, mm. and dream big because yeah. if you do that uh you'll always outdo what you think no, you can do definitely. you'll always outdo yourself no definitely um it's been a massive pleasure to get to know you Mohsin, to kind of hear the story behind the person you are today it's very Thank easy you. to get caught up um, obviously if people were to see your Instagram they'll see you're quite active you do a lot of aesthetic work a lot of cosmetic work um, and you work in you know some of the most prestigious places in the country to say um, but it is nice to kind of get behind that just to see who you are um, so a massive thank you to you a massive thank you to our listeners and we'll put all the links and descriptions below so you lot um, particularly the dentists who do want to reach out to Mossin um, can reach out um, and I'm sure you can take it from there and you can kind of decide on how the best way is to move forward with those individuals. Um, Thank you so much. But yeah. um, I really appreciate the time you guys uh, have taken out no, for this podcast. I just want to say, um, you know, it's a great thing that you guys are doing. Mm. I think it's amazing to hear. I mean, I listen to all your podcasts and I learn something new every single time, mm. including people that I know on your podcast. <laughs> I'm learning new things about people that I actually know. So yeah. it's really good. Yeah. Um, but... I think, yeah, anyone that wants to reach out, you know, I'm more than happy to help. And just another thing, mm-hmm. social media is amazing to, to, to connect, but social media is people's place to put their best things. You know, yeah. don't ever think someone's doing amazing, amazing things that they're too busy for you mm. or that you can't achieve that or reach that. I mean, my social media is, yeah, it's got great cases and it's yeah. got great videos and so on and so forth. But hard work's got me there yeah so always work hard um always stay true to your roots stay humble mm. um and and you know hard work will get everyone where they want to be never think i can't achieve that or mm. that person's had it easy mm. just like you guys have said you're sharing everyone's journey everyone's had a different journey yeah i think just reach out to people more and everyone everyone's got room to be as successful as they want to be definitely i agree thank you for echoing that um thank you so much no it's been a pleasure thank you to everyone thank you to our listeners and we hope to see you all next week